0: Welcome back, bitches. I'm Carly Knight.
1: And I'm Sabrina Monet.
0: And this is Procrastination
1: Planet. Where we should be writing, but...
0: So today we're going to talk about movie adaptions of various books. The good, the bad, the ugly, the... Holy fuck, how did this get green-lighted? And actually, I have mostly goods on mine because...
1: Oh, I have bads on on mine.
0: Oh, good. We We can... cat fight and make things interesting
1: yes exactly because yeah. you need tension for a podcast to work
0: yeah with. and of course someone has to put me in my place because i have too many opinions right
1: you know small women they shouldn't do that
0: i know
1: <laughs> you want to kick off the show
0: oh why the hell not let me get my tea oh charlie has an opinion too <laughs> Okay, so I am going to start with American Psycho. It was a book by Bret Easton Ellis, made into a Christian Bale movie, and the book was infamously misogynistic, about this total psycho yuppie, and what intrigued me about the movie was that the director was a feminist. Yes. I haven't checked her feminist bona fides lately, but... I felt like, okay, how would a feminist take some misogynistic material and work with that? It turned out the movie was better than the book because the satire was a lot more obvious.
1: I really liked this film. This is where Christian Bale, I think, came into his own and became like a deep character actor. I also saw it when it first came out, and I think I was still in high school. You know how you watch a movie, you're like, oh, that's cool. Oh, that's crazy. Uh There are a lot of things I didn't get. So my first watch through twenty years ago or whatever, I actually thought he had killed them. I had missed out on the whole "this is all in my imagination" mm-hmm. portion of it. Sorry for the spoilers. And then spoiler
0: alert from what? God, twenty years ago already? Ninety-nine Holy or two thousand? Exactly. Yeah. Right? Also, sorry you guys had to listen to me swallowing my tea. ASMR.
1: No worries. This is the part where Carly can cut out because I'm going to tell you a story. <laughs> oh no. The first time I saw this movie, I was so happy because Christian Bale said the word Sabrina, so I got to hear him say <laughs> my name, but I never understood what the fuck-
0: I love when psycho yuppies say my name.
1: Exactly.
0: I'm hoping murderous psycho fuckwads
1: say the name Carly all the time. <laughs> when he says, don't just look at it, Sabrina, eat it. Oh, no. I didn't know what he meant. <laughs> It wasn't until I think it was like on Showtime years later that I caught it and I was like, that's what the asshole's talking about? Literally? Literally, I had no idea. And so, all those years of like, oh, there's that one time Christian Bale said my name. Oh, Go fuck yourself Christian Bale, you hated it.
0: forever. Bitch. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs>
1: The I don't things think gonna... that I just just go right <laughs> over my head, but yeah, I'm
0: not gonna top this. I don't think. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say the um, the lectures in the book where he's talking about his various bland top ten, top forty music that he likes: Whitney Houston, Phil Collins, Huey Lewis, in the News, etc. In the book, there um, these lectures are dropped in as their own chapters, but in the movie he lectures other people in scene about these various artists and my favorite one is when he was talking about Huey Lewis in the news blasting Hit to be square on his stereo and then he's all raincoated out with a chainsaw and he's gonna kill this guy to that
1: Yes. to that
0: music Huey Lewis causes violence in North America sorry kids <laughs> but um, I I really like how how she took those chapters that you would just kind of skim in a book and then Made that content a lot more consumable.
1: Exactly. And she's the only one to properly uh, portray sex workers. Mm-hmm. They were bored as fuck. <laughs> they were, there was no smiling Julia Roberts in that scene waiting to go to the opera. They just wanted their money so they could leave.
0: They're like, okay, let's get this over with. I'm counting the money. Oh shit, I'm gonna die.
1: Oh God, he's gonna cut me. <laughs> American Psycho, good one.
0: Yeah. Oh, I got to work on my vocal exercises. I'm, re- I'm already starting to get... Oh, my God, the tension voice. I had to work on my neck muscles. I had to do yoga for my larynx or something. I don't know.
1: Yoga for your larynx?
0: Oh, my God. You
1: just figured out a way to take money from rich people.
0: <sighs> okay, don't nobody steal that idea. I'm going to copyright it. I'm going to wait for someone else to do this. And then I'm going to patent troll. Yes. Because that's how you make your money. You that's don't make you your make... money inventing things. You make your money patent trolling.
1: Patent trolling. Exactly. Like insulin.
0: <laughs> oh, shit. Okay. Um, on that On that note, what film adaption do you have in mind?
1: It's not as intense as American Psycho, but I really loved the TV adaptation of Mists of Avalon.
0: I have not seen that. Although I do know, was it Juliana Margulis was in that?
1: Yes. So it was just like the Arthurian legend. Okay. But the reason why this stood out to me is because I'm a fan of Morgan Le Fay. Mm-hmm. And um, the Lady of the Lake, any story that has to do with the Lady of the Lake, I just gravitate towards.
0: Just because some watery tot threw a sword at you doesn't make you
1: king. Exactly. <laughs> so, um, in fact, my tarot cards are of Morgan Le Fay. Mm. And she's always the person that I... If I get her in my ratings, I'm like, okay, Morgana, you're telling me something. And so what I liked about the book, it was from the point of view of women who were were not in positions of power, Mm -hmm. but who oversaw things and kept all of their, kept records of everything that happened, told their stories, even though they knew there was a chance their stories would never make it. Like their voices would never be heard Okay. once their stories were told, but they told it anyway. And then to see that um, just come to fruition in the the TV show, I thought was great. But I think it's more my obsession with Morgan Le Fay that had that on my list more than anything else. Are you drinking vodka?
0: No, I don't drink anymore. My acid reflux is like, nope.
1: Ah, I see. No, I'm just
0: drinking plain old throat comfort tea. Ah, all right. I'm seeing how this works on my vocalizations. Because gotcha. I'm never going to shut up about how self conscious
1: I feel about my voice.
0: I don't know. It's like my voice isn't always relaxed when Yoga I get for really serious. Yeah. Okay. Enough about me.
1: No. No. Um, Miss the Babylon. You haven't seen it, so we really can't debate about it. Mm-mm. But I think uh, put that on your Netflix list. I will do that. Yeah. What is your next one? Because you're coming up with some great ones today.
0: The Godfather.
1: Let's do this. Let's do this. Because I'm going to end your life after. Go. Oh,
0: wow.
1: Or just end your world and, and your belief system. Let's go.
0: I'm Sunny, you're Fredo, so you can't end me. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to take a whole bunch of hitmen at a toll booth to end me.
1: It, Don't it think would. you can end me. And even then, you'd walk off those, those shots.
0: That's right. They would ricochet off of me. <laughs> oh, my God. Is that, is that a new conspiracy theory? Sunny Corleone really isn't dead.
1: Oh, no, he's gone.
0: Okay, I thought, he, I thought he was still alive like Tupac. Oh, my gosh. Living kind of in Cuba. Dropping albums. Yeah. <laughs> the Sonny Corleone mixtape. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> oh, my God, we shouldn't do that. That'll be our merchandise. Oh, wait, I'll probably get in trouble with Mario Puzo's estate. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, I can't do that. Never mind. We, we were joking, estate lawyers out there. Sorry, Mario Puzo, we have no money for you. Yeah. I don't even know if my kidneys are any good, so you can't (laughs) even try that. (laughs) Okay, so I like the movie adaption better than the book.
1: Than the book, okay.
0: I think that, as far as the book goes, I think it's good for a deep dive into character backstories. Okay. And I really found that part interesting. But with the movie, it kind of cut out a lot of unnecessary subplots. Especially Mm. the subplot revolving around Lucy Mancini's vag. yeah. She has a heavy flow and a wide set vagina. That's why she was able what? to accommodate Sunny. Dong Corleone.
1: How do I not remember that part?
0: Have you read the book?
1: I thought I did.
0: Like that, maybe just, maybe you didn't read past the opening scene with,
1: <laughs> with the banging in the coat closet. Well, you know, it's like that Eid. Things just go over my head. Oh my gosh. Okay. <laughs> Continue. Yeah, there's a whole subplot about that. And then mm.
0: she's, it's during the same subplot where, um... God, what's his name? Fredo. Okay. God, Fredo, punk ass Fredo. Goes to Vegas and he works with um Mo Green to to do the casino shit, and he's banging showgirls and Lucy Mancini figures in there somehow. I think it's in that same subplot. And she's like, Oh, Sunny's dead, and there's no other D out there that's gonna satisfy me because I got a heavy flow and a white set vagina. And... Jesus,
1: Carly. And you know what? This is
0: true, though. And then she meets up with this surgeon, this plastic surgeon, who, well, he narrows the lady bits so that she can accommodate a regular-ass peen. And she ends up marrying the surgeon. Oh, wow. And it's like, do we need this whole subplot about Lucy Mancini's badge? How important was that?
1: Mario Puzo was telling off someone in his life
0: <laughs> oh my god that maybe that's it yeah
1: he had to leave that in there he's like so this bitch never forget
0: oh yeah because she probably left him for a guy with the ridiculous gag peen and then he was all resentful and he's like well that's because she's got a got a heavy flow and a white set vagina i keep quoting mean girls when i say that
1: <laughs> I is that a line for from from Mean for me yeah girls?
0: something like i have a heavy flow and a white set vagina
1: But anyway. You're hilarious. Thank you. But I'm going to uh, throw a little wrench. Okay, so end me. End you. Uh, (laughs) Godfather 3 is the best one in the trilogy.
0: There is no Godfather 3.
1: There is a Godfather 3. Godfather
0: 3 doesn't exist.
1: Okay, so for the casual listener, tell me why you (laughs) wrongly believe Godfather 3 doesn't exist.
0: I can't debate you on something that doesn't exist.
1: Oh, you're going to go there?
0: Yeah. Yeah. And apparently there's a fake conspiracy theory out there that Finland doesn't exist as a country.
1: (laughs) So Finland exists as does Godfather Three. And what I'm saying is that there can't be an end to the story without what happened in Godfather Three.
0: Okay, there is no Godfather Three and Sonny Corleone is still alive. I'm just gonna end it there.
1: (laughs) There's no There's no Robert Duvall. Oh my gosh! But you know what? You're such a Goodfellas fan and a Godfather fan. You're not even going to debate me on this.
0: I'm not even going to debate you on that.
1: <laughs> Everyone, go so, watch so Godfather what, 3.
0: So why do you like Godfather 3 so much? I should give you some airtime on that.
1: Some airtime on this. No one could hurt Michael. He's just, he's he's an OG. But when they killed his daughter, everything that's ever happened in his life came down to that bullet. And that bullet was the only thing that had ever hurt him. And then when you see him just growing old and dying at that house in Palermo... That's his life come full circle. He may have accomplished a lot during those 40 years leading up to that bullet, but once that bullet hits, it got him. And it's sort of, to me, that bullet represented his karma for everything he did that may have been construed as bad. And he considers the way he lived his life as bad. So-
0: Godfather part three was an abortion, Michael. Something wrong and unholy. (laughs) I I couldn't resist. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay, um, but see, here's the thing, though. I actually saw Godfather Three before Godfather One and Two, so uh. there's a chance that there's a, there's a chance that I'm biased because of that.
0: Okay, so you weren't spoiled to the first two, and then felt like the third one was a disappointment. You didn't get a chance for that. So
1: I went with my mom, and she had to sit through Kindergarten Cop because that's what I wanted to see. And then afterwards, it was a double feature, and then I had to go sit through godfather 3 (laughs) and i actually liked it because i fell in love with andy garcia in that movie and he turned out to be a right-wing douchebag wait wait time out what do you mean in real life or in In real life andy garcia is not a right look up his fucking twitter no yeah he's canceled really yeah
0: the internet is where your crushes go to die oh
1: my gosh yeah because
0: i was totally in love with andy garcia once upon a time as well and now i'm just like at two andy garcia sob
1: um the only thing is it, it totally shaped the way that I like people mm-hmm. because that scene at the beginning when he hooks up with um, Bridget I forget her last name Bridget Fonda Bridget Fonda and then um, he shoots that guy point-blank boom right in the head love that scene <laughs> but the whole that, that whole storyline I loved and um, yeah Godfather three it deserves to watch people go watch it don't listen to Carly <laughs> And then I saw Godfather 1, too. Watch it and judge for yourselves. Yeah.
0: I will say that. Oh.
1: Do you want anything else to add to your Godfather 3 before I... I have nothing else to add. Uh, The next one on my list is Harry Potter.
0: All right, so... Self-explanatory. Self-explanatory. Did you read the books? I know you did. I read the first book, but I never really got terribly into Harry Potter. (laughs) Wow. If you could see the... (laughs) the blank stare she's giving me i need to take a picture of this not
1: into harry potter <laughs> who's never into harry potter i loved those books and the funny thing is i found those books you really are taking photos. photo of <laughs> no <me.
0: laughs> i won't do that i won't do
1: that to you the um you i could do it you could do it selfie style
0: <laughs> tfw oh my gosh your podcast partner isn't a Harry Potter fan.
1: I actually read the first book by mistake. Okay. Um, I was babysitting my friends, two little sisters, and they were into it. So I started reading them Harry Potter, the first book, oh. and a few chapters into it. I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm really into this. After the kids went to sleep, I continued reading it, <laughs> and I became a fan. Um, when the movies came out, I was all over it. I've been to Potterverse. I've actually yelled out at Universal Studios, why doesn't this come in a 2X? So, um, yeah. I'm a Harry Potter fan. I love what J.K. Rowling did with the story. And I don't know how she convinced Warner Brothers... You know what? It was probably the sales of the book. Oh, yeah. And maybe the first film. And maybe the budget on the first film wasn't that huge that they were able to accomplish it. Mm -hmm. Because the work that goes in to her movies... I've never seen that kind of effort put into a first film unless... The book just selling so many copies oh, yeah. was enough for them to believe that they had something here. And Definitely. then it just blew up. But Harry Potter, yeah. Any additions? You read the first book, but you're not really into it?
0: Yeah, I never saw the movie either. So, I mean, I, I never got into the books, and so I never got around to seeing the movies. It just, I didn't feel like it was for me.
1: You never wanted to go to wizarding school?
0: Well, I kind of like the idea of wizarding school, but it's it's not something that's ever obsessed me.
1: You never want to go run away and live at Hogwarts? <laughs> and choose an animal and have a patronus? Do you even know what your house is?
0: Um, I did take a Harry Potter quiz cuz you were you were doing your Pottermore thing and I'm Gryffindor apparently. Nice.
1: Okay, we're both in Gryffindor. But you would probably date Slytherin.
0: <laughs> I was hoping to be Ravenclaw. Oh. Apparently I think you're more creative in Ravenclaw. Yeah. So I was hoping to be a Ravenclaw person, but now I have to be goody-touches Gryffindor. <laughs> but yeah, teenage me would probably date a Slytherin. Yeah. Grown-ass me would date a Ravenclaw.
1: I'd probably end up with a Hufflepuff. <laughs> but yeah, Harry Potter. I just wanted to give a shout-out to J.K. Rowling.
0: Okay. Um, I want to go back on the gangster tip.
1: You're gangster today.
0: Yes, I'm a gangster bitch i guess i don't know anyway no i'm not so anyway i'm going with goodfellas because i love that movie i puffy heart that movie
1: you really love that i have seen that
0: movie i think at least 500 times
1: you reference it all (laughs) the time yeah you quote it
0: i'm a little too obsessed with it and it was based based on the book wise guy
1: ah okay by
0: nicholas paleggi nice and Goodfellas, they fictionalized Wise Guy.
1: Right? Wise Guy was based off of yeah. off
0: of Henry Hill's real life. Gotcha. And then um, Scorsese changed some names because he was fictionalizing a few things because he's telling a story first and foremost. Yeah. And he changed some last names, except for Henry's. Henry Hill is Henry Hill, and he was on the set and everything. Yeah. And they consolidated a few characters, like the scene where. Um, Henry is going out on that double date with um, Joe Pesci's character, with with Tommy. In the book, in real life, Henry was going on that double date with, um, oh god, who was it? I think it was Paulie Jr. Okay. But they wanted to just kind of consolidate characters so they're not having a whole bunch of random characters here and there and everywhere because in fiction, things are a little bit different. Instead, they made it they made it so he's on the double date with Tommy. They also left out the thing about Henry Hill doing point shaving. There was this basketball, college oh, basketball, wow. there was this point shaving scandal. That was one of his get-rich-quick things, and, and they also left out his stint in the military. And he was doing a lot of hustling in the military, too, so he, he always had a scam going. And I definitely think Goodfellas the movie was a very, very, very beautiful adaption. Of the book. Of the book. I mean, if if I've seen the movie at least 500 times, I think that's testimony enough. Yeah.
1: I've seen it a few times. I really liked it. I don't think I've seen it in a few years. So I have to revisit. I remember Ray Liotta having a coke problem. Oh, yeah. I remember someone in in a trunk of a car... Mm-hmm. That then, was Billy Bats. And then I remember Ray Liotta at the end laughing because he's in witness protection and just saying something, breaking the fourth wall.
0: Oh, he wasn't really laughing. Oh, okay. But he did break the fourth wall. No. But he was talking about how easy it was for him to disappear. He never paid taxes. Mm. Everything was in his mother-in-law's name, like the properties and whatnot. Yeah. And then he's opening up the... He's getting the newspaper off the doorstep in the Midwest, and he's like, "I gotta live the rest of my life like a schnook." I ordered spaghetti marinara, and I ended up with egg noodles and ketchup. Oh, oh. there oh, you fun go. Fun fact: Nicholas Pledgey was married to Nora Ephron, and they both took that Henry Hill story. and Nicholas had Wise Guy, and then Nora Ephron had the screenplay for My Blue Heaven.
1: That's right. Yeah. Have you ever eaten at Boca de Beppo's in Palo Alto?
0: No, I haven't. I've heard of it, but I never got around to eating there.
1: That's the kind of place you got to get dolled up and go eat at just because it's like sort of Goodfellas themed. Oh. They got the Goodfellas guys photos on the wall. It just looks like someplace. The Goodfellas. Oh
0: my God. I need to do that. Perfect
1: date night restaurant.
0: Ooh. Yeah. That sounds nice. Get me my Italian soda.
1: Exactly. <laughs> now I'm hungry.
0: Oh, shit. I'm sorry. It's Okay. We'll think about egg noodles and ketchup. <clears throat> okay, what's next on your list?
1: Bum, ba, da, bum. You know what? Should I? I'm gonna I'm gonna complain. I'm gonna go that route. And go, do,
0: go complain. I think ranting and raving, and complaining, and being negative gives you ratings. Okay.
1: Yes, and it makes me Once happy. Plus, I love
0: hearing you rant. It's hilarious.
1: All right. So, a book that I love that it's something that's helped shaped me in, in certain ways, and I think I've told you about this. Mm-hmm. Evening by Susan Minot. Mm -hmm. Okay, I don't want to ruin this story for anyone, but just imagine if you're in your... How old is it? Evening came out circa like maybe 97, 98. Okay. Go for it. Go for it. Okay. A woman in her mid-60s is dying of cancer, or there's some end-stage disease happening, and she's lying in bed, and she's in the final thralls taking her last breaths. So we're in her conscience seeing what she's seeing, and she is reliving a moment. Okay. And that moment was a weekend when she was 21, uh, she went to a friend's wedding and she ran into a guy mm-hmm. and they met and it was like one of those sudden hardcore attractions. Mm-hmm. They spend the weekend together, but they both had obligations. And instead of pursuing it, they each went their own way.
0: Oh! And,
1: um, like
0: a fair to remember. Yes. Oh my God.
1: But um, she lives her whole life measuring everything to the totem pole that is this guy that she spent just a weekend with. She gets, there's failed marriages, there's children. There is a, her, her children are with her and they're walking around the house. They're like, is she comfortable? Is she okay? There is a knock at the door and a they open it up and there's an older woman at the door mm-hmm. and she says, is your mother here? And they're like, we're sorry. Our mom's not feeling well. She's not up for company. She's like, please give this to her. And she hands it over. And the letter is a, it is a letter from the man that she met when she was 21. Oh, man. And the woman says, it's my husband. She says, I'm sorry. It took me a while to get this here. And the letter's all crunkled up. Like, it's old. It's been sitting somewhere for, for a long time.
0: Oh, man. And she
1: explains he passed a while ago. So that letter gets put into a pile of mail. And when one of the daughters goes to see her in the room, the mother's falling even farther into the end stage. Oh no. That letter gets thrown on the floor with junk mail, forgotten, never opened. So her mother's taking her last breaths when the guy from when she was 21 walks into the room. And he's like, hi. And he starts a conversation with her. And she's like, are you okay? And he goes, everything's good. And then she's like, yeah, I guess I'm okay. And he tells her, don't worry. I'm going to be here on the other side when you cross over. Oh, wow. And he's like, so just take your time and I'm, I, I'm, I'm waiting. And he walks out the door and she sees him walk out the door towards the light. Mm-hmm. And she starts to laugh. And she says, you're not going to be waiting there for me. And then she dies. And it's the end of the book. Oh wow! Just it's one of those that just it, Susan would Not writes well because she even mm-hmm. did another one, Bee Monkey. What I like about her is she explores what happens when you fuck up. <laughs> That's what I like. But they did the movie with Claire Danes and Hugh Dancy. That's where they met and got married. Mm. The movie was absolute shit mm. because they watered they watered down the the tragic ending of not who knows what it is because your ending is your ending no matter what because the story is only yeah. told once. Mm-hmm. But This woman on her deathbed realized she didn't live the 40 years the way she wanted to. That's tragic. They watered it down in the film and that's what pissed me off. In the film they made it as if she was dying, she had a great life, but for some reason her memory would only allow her to remember this one wedding she had gone to where fate took its course. And then they watered down her seeing the guy at the end. I was waiting for that scene, but they cut it out. They wouldn't allow it. So my thing is, if something's tragic and heavy, mm-hmm. le- don't water it out, right?
0: They wanted to do the Hollywood ending, I They guess. wanted to do the
1: Hollywood ending, and instead she's she reverts to her childhood, like, even younger than 21. And that's the memory that takes her into the after. And it's like, nah, some people probably die mm-hmm. thinking about the way that she did, which is why it was an amazing book. And even, uh... Yeah, that was it. That was it was a shithole movie.
0: Ah, I'll have to check out the book when I need ta- a downer read.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Talented actors though.
0: Okay. Hugh Dancy.
1: Who is it? Am I saying his name right? Is it Darcy or you know, It is Dan- Dancy. It's Dancy. It's Dancy. It's Dancy. And Claire Danes. And uh, there were so many other people in the film. <laughs> Luke Wilson was in it, and I, I was expecting so much because I I, I knew the source material. Oh, okay. And it just pittered Oh,
0: out. lowered expect. I mean. Yeah. Dashed expectations.
1: Exactly. What do you have for us?
0: What do I have? I'm skipping around on my list. Because I can. Okay. Have you read and or seen The Big Sleep?
1: Why is that not ringing a bell?
0: Oh my God. Okay, so you're going to look at me for not getting into Harry Potter, but you haven't heard of The Big Sleep. It's a Bogart Bacall movie.
1: Where's my Google?
0: Okay, so the book is by Raymond Chandler, and it's a noir.
1: Oh, I read that. Yeah. Raymond Chandler. And okay. then
0: they made a movie version. They the, made a movie? The movie is drastically different.
1: Who starred in it?
0: Humphrey Bogart and Lauren Bacall, as I said like, oh five my seconds gosh. ago. Yeah. So there's a lot that got changed around because of the censorship at the time, because... The 1940s had the Hayes Code and... Oh, wow. So, you know how Vivian was a divorcee and she was... Her husband was missing, but they had to change her to someone who isn't divorced. It was a good movie on its own, but as far as its loyalty to the source material, it felt all over the place. Yeah. They couldn't have her divorced. You couldn't show divorce in movies.
1: Oh, my gosh.
0: Yeah. And let's see. They also had to downplay the whole um, homosexuality angle. Ah. So you couldn't show that on screen. So you had to hint at it and you had to be very subtle. You can be too broad with your hands because then they would look for that and shut it down. And then Carmen was fully clothed in the scenes where she is supposed to be nude. Yeah. They had, oh, got a picture of her in a Chinese dress. Like, no, 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 it was nudie pictures in the book. Oh, my gosh. Because they had to infiltrate a pornography ring. (laughs) So there's a lot of censorship in the book. And they had to make sure that the bad guys all got murdered and justice got done because you have to show that law and order prevail. Yeah. Which, that's totally how real life works. (laughs) So the movie, I can respect it as as its own thing because old Hollywood movies have their own charm. Mm -hmm. and of course not to mention the costume and decoration porn one thing I did like is they played up more of the banter between the two characters because bogey and Bacall had mad chemistry yeah so they had a little more comedic dialogue and not to the point of turning it into a screwball comedy but it was a nice little bonus on screen yeah to watch them banter okay that's what I had to say about that
1: the big sleep the big sleep that is perfect I'm gonna do a double combo, okay. And then explain myself. So the two examples are um, "The Road" uh-huh. by Cormac McCarthy, which was made into a film. Did you, you you read it and see the movie? I
0: can't read Cormac McCarthy. I can't get myself to do it because it's always these crap sack worlds that are gonna make me depressed.
1: I've and been coming up with Debbie Downers today, haven't I? Yeah,
0: hour. I I feel like I'm I'm a depressed enough
1: person. <laughs> And And I just wallow in it. I want to
0: escape it at all times.
1: Gotcha. (laughs) I'm an escapist. And the second one, which is tied to Cormac McCarthy, um, Brokeback Mountain. Oh, yeah. So let's start with The Road. I like Cormac McCarthy. Mm -hmm. I think his writing style...
0: I don't doubt his talent. Yes.
1: And and The Road just spoke to me. No Country
0: for Old Men. He he did the book of that one, right? Yes. Okay, so I've seen seen the movie
1: of that. Um, You've seen Lonesome Dove, right? The TV show?
0: That's Larry McMurtry. Shut up. I am I am correct. That's not Cormac McCarthy. You're just, you're you're mixing up your Scottish sir, your Scottish surnames. Why am
1: I tying Cormac McCarthy?
0: Cowboys and Western stuff. Dove. Maybe that's what it is.
1: You messed me up. Let me go back no, to my story. No, you're wrong. I'm so right. Just the suck road, it up and deal. <laughs> I felt that the pitch of the road in the story was the same as as the film. Okay. They mirrored each other and it worked. Um, I also think I was just amazed by how they physically brought it to life because in the story, there's nothing you're just, you're left with this guy's thoughts of how he's going to keep his son alive, Mm. um, regret and and guilt over the death of his wife. And then, but, but nothing else. You you have no visuals to go with. And I kind of like, you know, stories where you stay in someone's head. Mm -hmm. I love that because that's the way that I think. Mm-hmm. So Cormac McCarthy writing a novel like that and then t- and then taking those thoughts and creating the atmosphere for it. I loved that. OK. Um, you're like, it's a sad one. I don't want to. It's so sad. But you know me in post-apocalyptic, there's, there's oh, two yeah. things that I am obsessed with and I have no idea why. One, post-apocalyptic worlds, because mm-hmm. I feel that I would grab a Harley and for some reason I didn't know how to <laughs> write it. Immediately, even though I've never been on a motorcycle, and, and ta- you would
0: know how to shoot guns because you've played video games. I've
1: played video games and I shot a shotgun once, and I'm so good at it. And <laughs> uh, second thing that I'm obsessed with: plane crashes in the Arctic because I feel like I would survive. Okay, so for I'll, some, I'll, re- I'll give you that. Anything with those themes. I just gravitate towards. But the reason why it was a double for Cormac McCarthy is because he developed the short story Brokeback Mountain into that award-winning film.
0: Oh, I didn't know that. Yes.
1: That's
0: a nifty little connection.
1: I was worried because I read that short story and it was beautiful. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And when they said, oh, we're going to turn it into a movie, I was like, oh, please don't bastardize this beautiful story. Yeah. And they pulled it off. They pulled it off. And there's something, I'm not an expert in this genre I studied it a bit in school, but we're going to have a conversation about it anyway. Queer fiction. Okay. And the reason why I gravitate towards it is the equality between the two characters.
0: Okay. You don't have to worry about gender roles. You don't have whatnot. to worry about
1: gender roles. And here was the thing. When Ennis and Jack were about to part ways, mm-hmm. they, obviously there's a lot of emotions. They're sad. They know they're never going to see each other. How do they get the tension out? They fist fight. And it's like, it was one of those things where out of nowhere, they just started fighting. And it was, it was like a barroom brawl type of fighting. Oh man. You can't do that with hetero couples. Like I'm tough, but if you come at me and hit me in the face, I'm probably going to go down. (laughs) I'm going to try to get into a car and run you over, but I'm not going to hit you fist for fist. I'm not going to match you.
0: Okay. You're the same person who said if you got kidnapped and tied up in a boiler room, you just...
1: I would be you able to get un- out of that situation, okay. but you've seen the people I you like. You don't
0: understand people who don't fight back, but you'll admit to... Um, oh, okay, we're all a bundle of contradictions.
1: We're a bundle <laughs> of contradictions, but every word I say is true. I buy that. And so I didn't know... That we're complex. We're complex. Okay, go ahead, sorry. The scenes that Some of the scenes that Cormac McCarthy wrote into the script that weren't part of the story, I'm like, oh my God, how did he come up with that? And I'm like, oh, he's really good at his job. Yeah. So I saw that in both films, The Road. And I think I need to find
0: stories of his that are less depressing.
1: <laughs> well, he did shit the bed with that one film with uh, Fastbender. Which one? Uh, I will have the title in just a moment. And it was not one of his novels that he adapted. It okay. was just a screenplay. The Counselor okay. That I'm, 2013 crime thriller.
0: Oh, I'm not interested. Yeah. I, I'm, trying, I'm trying to think of prose that he
1: wrote. That was the one when Cameron Diaz had sex with a car.
0: <laughs> oh, wow, my, my silence and my face say it all.
1: So it's like he writes these profound, meaningful stories, but then he also wrote a screenplay where Cameron Diaz fucks a car. Wait, is this
0: supposed to be a sequel to Bad Teacher or something? Because she ended up as a guidance counselor at the end.
1: No, this (laughs) film was shot in a it was stylized and shot in a very um, serious manner. It was um, it was supposed to be up there with any Harrison Ford movie. The counselor.
0: Oh, okay. That's. A, it,
1: it, it, it was that like that. Sounds terrible. It was like his riff on like a Tom Clancy novel. Oh no. But not in a comedic way. It just came off comedic.
0: Oh no! I'm not gonna do this.
1: So all of that good, but just one little bad. So he's still great.
0: Okay, everyone is allowed a stinker.
1: Yeah, and then that one, I everyone just shit all over it, and then I'm like, you know what? This is Cormac McCarthy we're talking about. Then I watched it, and I was like, holy crap.
0: Okay, so what do I have going on? I think I'm going to go with Carrie. Stephen King's Carrie. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Uncle Stephen. Sabrina, Stephen King's number one fan.
1: Yes, yes, I am. (laughs) And I have to make a confession. Okay. I've seen the movie. It's one of the books I haven't read.
0: Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, I I win in this department. Yes, you do. Point Carly. Okay, so the book is kind of an epistolary novel. It has some prose here and there, and then also it's told in a series of letters and articles. And I like them both as, as each their own thing. I don't know if it's one of the movies that King hated. He tends to be famous for hating his adaptions. But anyway, oh, my Holly Dolly is scratching at the door i can pretty much tell it's her <laughs> it's like let me in let me in and it's like honey you have free reign of the entire house but anyway in the book i read the book before i saw the movie and i thought that um i had a vision of the mom as really frumpy mm-hmm. and i thought she'd be frumpy i thought she would have that church lady haircut that gets roller set and all but then Piper Laurie pops in in the movie, and she looks kind—she looks kind of weirdly, almost gothy,
1: yeah,
0: <laughs> with all the flowing dresses and the wild hair, and that was a whole different image. But she was every bit as terrifying as the book mother.
1: I should have killed him the first time he stuck it in me, <laughs> but then he came at me with that whiskey on his breath, and by God, I locked it. <laughs> I locked it. Oh man. The first time you hear that, you're I know. like, what the fuck? Your you dirty pillows about? are showing. <laughs>
0: <laughs> They're breasts, mama. They're called breasts. Your dirty
1: pillows. Oh my gosh. They're all going to laugh at you. <laughs> that book is literally a story about child abuse. That's what happened there. I know. There. It was
0: horrific.
1: I felt so bad for poor Carrie. Oh my gosh. Sissy SpaceX. Mm-hmm. My goodness. Oh my gosh.
0: She's phenomenal. But in the book, um, Carrie stops her mom's heart. Yeah. Because of telekinesis. But in the movie, she pretty much um, crucified her mom. Yeah. Which I think plays a lot better on the screen. It's a lot more theatrical. Let's see, I thought everyone was cast pretty well. Yeah. Everyone was almost just as I pictured them, except maybe a little more 70s looking. Gotcha. Because, you know, I was a 90s kid, so I was just picturing everyone in the 90s. Yeah. But I think, oh, I think that was the movie that kind of helped bust John Travolta's teen heartthrob image, too.
1: Because he played the bad guy. He was um, Vinnie
0: Barbarino. And then he went on to be, um, oh, God, what was the... Billy. Shitty Billy. Yeah. He was also a shitty, abusive boyfriend, so I'm glad he died, too.
1: Was the shitty girl in the novel... No, 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 no. It's not the girl from Footloose. This was later. Mm -hmm. Never mind. My bad. Yeah.
0: That would be Carrie.
1: I loved it. (laughs) Um, The one that I had on my list was It. Since we're on the steering. Oh, my gosh.
0: I didn't get through most of the book. I got through, like, a couple of chapters, and then I had to quit, because it was just like, oh, my God. Especially the detail he goes into with... um, what's-her-name's abuse and it's just like i could not so i could not stomach it
1: here's the thing about stephen king and danielle steele while we're at it Mm -hmm. they had graphic scenes of abuse in their work that was published 70s into early 80s but then as of like 87 88 it disappears so do you think that was a publisher's note or the times were changing because they both had pretty graphic stuff like that in their novels leading up to I want to cut it off at the mid 80s.
0: Wow, I, that's something I'm going to have I might have to get back to you on that.
1: Because I remember going I remember so I'm a kid in the 90s <laughs> mm-hmm. and I'm reading through their stories mm-hmm. and every time those ick stuff came up, I was it really triggered me and I felt bad and horrible and sad mm-hmm. and then I'm like what the f? And then as I get older I'm like, "You know what? What the, what was that about?" Oh, you know what? Uh-huh. Um, and they actually call him out on it in an interview. Yeah.
0: You know what a thought occurred to me, too, was mm-hmm. before um, before the 70s and whatnot, uh-huh. child abuse was something that wasn't talked about.
1: They didn't talk about it. Because people
0: talk about it in the good old days, like the 50s, early 60s. Child abuse was a thing, but...
1: No one ever talked about it. Yeah,
0: everyone kind of kept up that illusion of the white picket fence and whatnot. And I think in the, in the 70s social issues were made a lot more public.
1: Maybe that was their protest against the silence was to maybe put these things in their, in their stories. And
0: then sometimes early on too, like your earlier novels are supposedly an exercising of demons. Yeah. So maybe they had issues regarding that. That's that's something that's worth pondering.
1: Yeah. Um, Well, in the it film, I think the adaptation was great.
0: It killed my crush on Tim Curry.
1: Oh, you're thinking about the television adaptation. Yeah. The, or- yeah, the original original. Yeah,
0: they're they're definitely two adaptations. I've seen them both and I had the biggest crush on Tim Curry when I was a
1: kid. From Clue or from uh Well Rocky Horror Picture Show. I didn't
0: I was too young to see Rocky Horror Picture Show at the time, but I saw him in Clue as Wadsworth the Butler and
1: You and your Brits.
0: I know, right? And I think everyone's required to have a crush on Tim Curry. Oh, yeah. But after Rocky Horror Picture Show, I think he deliberately put on weight and whatnot because he didn't want to be a sex symbol. It was like, it's not working. That's why I
1: deliberately put on weight.
0: <laughs> and then it came out and it's like, okay. Yeah. Okay, it worked. It worked. It worked. It worked. You did it. It worked. But then, you know, takes off the Pennywise makeup and back to being Tim Curry. It's like, oh, you're back to Tim Curry. You're still sexy. Oh <laughs> <sighs>
1: Do you have any um other
0: Okay, so I'm trying to think of um oh god, who played the other Pennywise in the movie?
1: Uh Skarsgard, Bill Skarsgard. Oh, okay. You've heard me talk about him. All the
0: Scar- all the Skarsgards just meld together. I can't distinguish one from the other. Alex
1: is the oldest. I've told you about that. Okay. Gustav is on Vikings. You
0: like you like your blondes. That family, man. That's what it is. Oh my
1: god, and then Bill's number three.
0: And Nordic dudes get, they grow them real tall.
1: Yes. So Cause, cause maybe that's I think that's what it is. You like
0: the big Viking dudes. I like
1: the big Vikings, but you have to have a nice bone structure. Mm-hmm. They're all like between 6'5 and 6'3.
0: Okay. With cheekbones that cut bread. I know, right? I'll, that's why I tend to look at hot Korean dudes the way I do too. Oh my God, cheekbones. Yes. Whew. Anyway, i am I'm, I'm going to get off that tip. I don't want to sound like I'm othering because I'm not othering.
1: I just like good cheekbones. Yeah. We just like good looking people, period. Yeah. But we love everybody.
0: Well, not everybody. Jeez. Come
1: on. They're listening.
0: (laughs) I love everybody who's downloading our episodes.
1: (laughs) (laughs) You're all hot in our eyes.
0: (laughs) Okay. So now I'm going to talk about Jackie Brown. Well, it's a Tarantino movie. Tarantino's... Canceled for defending Roman Polanski. Barf. But as far as the Jackie Brown adaptation, I thought that was a, a good one.
1: I haven't seen the movie, and I and I never read the book. What? Yeah, I've seen bits and pieces of the movie. Okay. And I, I'm a huge Tarantino fan. And the book
0: is um, Elmore Leonard. Yes. Rum Punch. Yeah. And what's funny is I saw the movie first, of course, because Pam Greer is everything. Yes. And then... I read the book. And even though he kept describing Jackie, Jackie had a different last name and I don't care what it is. And he kept describing her as having green eyes and sandy blonde hair. It was either sandy blonde or light brown or ash blonde, something like that, one of those. Yeah. But even though he reiterated those descriptions, I kept picturing Pam Greer (laughs) because I wanted it to be Pam Greer. Yes because she is amazing. I thought it was a pretty good adaptation.
1: And I can't add because I, I didn't watch the film. And Rum Punch, I didn't finish. Okay. It's like it's up there with Cuba Libre. It's books that I started and just haven't finished.
0: I've done that one. Oh God, maybe we should have our shameful start but didn't finish start episode. But didn't, oh, I have
1: so many for that.
0: I have so many too, Write I've that lost down. track. Yeah. Okay, um, episode idea. I'm gonna scribble this down.
1: Did you want me to throw another film adaptation? Go out ahead. There? Chuck Palahniuk's Fight Club.
0: I am very behind on that one. I have the book. I I've seen bits and pieces of the movie. Okay. I am so. I I was going through this and I'm like, I am super devoid of pop culture. It seems. I I feel like I am. I feel like I've missed out on everything.
1: You know what it is? I think you have a high bullshit meter, and you can't <laughs> do anything that has any sort of like talk, toxic douchebag type stuff. Elements of that can be found in Fight Club, mm-hmm. and the people who end up- I did see Choke. Oh, that okay. That was a pretty good one. Yeah.
0: That was pretty funny, going to um, sex addict <laughs> support groups to pick up women. <laughs> <laughs> That's so fucked up. <laughs> oh my God. It's hashtag problematic fave. I love Sam Rockwell. Yes. I don't I don't think Sam Rockwell's problematic.
1: No, no, not at all. Okay, no, no.
0: No. I'm saging him.
1: But Fight Club was hilarious. You know the rules of Fight Club, don't you?
0: We don't talk about Fight Club. We don't talk
1: about Fight Club. <laughs> and here's the thing though. I actually wrote a review about Fight Club that, that got published and I made like five dollars off of it. Okay. But that's I, I love the book. That was a time when everyone loved Brad Pitt. Mm-hmm. I never got into that look.
0: I never got into Brad Pitt either.
1: Well, I, I got into Brad Pitt circa Legends of the Fall, but that... Okay,
0: during Legends of the Fall, I was drooling over Aiden Quinn. You're so... Oh.
1: We each know what route we would take. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, she was all
0: about Brad Pitt during that movie. Yes. He was I'm thicker
1: then. But it's, you know what? He's always been on on the smaller side. Mm-hmm. It's just the way that they filmed that movie that made him look like... Low-key,
0: thick as fuck. Yeah, low-key, <laughs> thick as fuck. They did that with
1: Jared Leto, too, in My So-Called Life. Oh, okay. Because I used to think Jordan Catalano was a mountain man, and, you know, Jared Leto's
0: not. <laughs> no, um, he's he's one of the skinnier dudes. But
1: I digress. That look on in Fight Club, mm-hmm. I never got into it. Yeah. In fact, I never got into Ed Norton.
0: No, I, I, I never saw the...
1: That appeal. Yeah. And that really skinniness just kind
0: of... Oh, I'm... I like skinny dudes. You
1: do, you do. Yeah, I um, I can think some of them are cute, mm-hmm. like you know my Zlatan guy, that soccer player. I always like his stuff. Yeah, but um,
0: we need to put a picture of him on our Instagram. Uh,
1: Zlatan Ipromovic. Yeah. I bought his book too. Okay. Ugh. Okay. Um, but with Fight Club, I fell in love with Helena Bottom Carter.
0: Oh, she's so rad. I love yes. her. Yes.
1: But uh, going back to our subject adaptations, Chuck Palahniuk. I'm reading a book of his right now, Adjustment Day. Mm-hmm. The way he writes, it's like having a conversation with someone who you know is coked out of their brain. <laughs> and you have you know you should leave. Like, socially, it's not good to be seen with this person or talk to this person, but you want to hear how the fucking story ends. Yeah. Um, there was another one. Did you read his book about the sex slaves? No. Someone's trying to take over the world. Oh, no. So they create these little bots that will kill everybody it goes inside of you
0: okay and there's
1: only one way to take it out so this woman her bot was inside and it was about to detonate and the only person who could help her remove it at the time who walked into the room was the woman that she was gonna fight for sleeping with her husband so it was a situation like, I fucking hate you. Please take this out of me. <laughs> oh, no.
0: So she punch it out of her or something? Is this going to get super graphic?
1: Oh, I'm not going to tell you how it happened. Okay. You got to go read the book. I can't talk about stuff like that. Um,
0: yeah. How I'm a else? nice girl. <laughs> <laughs> what planet? <laughs> um, but I would say maybe have some brain bleach handy.
1: Yes, when you're, when, you're, when you're reading through yeah, that book. Yeah, okay.
0: Maybe, yeah.
1: But Chuck Palahniuk... Maybe
0: Bellenue, don't Google that even.
1: He's such an asshole, <laughs> and his stories are assholery. But um, I love it when he calls out the far alt-right, mm-hmm. when they try to use his work for their purposes. Oh, yeah. He's like, fuck you, no, I'm talking about you douchebags. I'm not part of your group.
0: Yeah, we don't endorse you. Yeah. Oh, yeah, like when... Dickhole Spencer. <laughs> I refuse to use his real name. Mm. But I think Dickhole's fitting. Yeah. Yeah. But he was like, oh, Depeche Mode is the official band of the alt-right. And Depeche Go Mode is like. fuck
1: yourself. Never.
0: Yeah. Depeche Mode is like, no, we don't endorse any of that shit. Fuck off. Oh. And there's this clip where I think there's some professor. She was kind of reading him the riot act at the gym. Okay. And he's supposed to have this reputation as being dapper or some shit like that. But it's like, he, tucked his, he had his t-shirt tucked into his shorts Ugh. like a second grader in P.E.
1: Jeez.
0: <laughs> How the fuck is that dapper? Oh, my God. Ugh. Speaking of punchable faces. Yeah, anyway. exactly. Yeah. Ugh. All right. I'm going to come down off of that because I'm going to get strangle voice again. <laughs> I'm trying to avoid that. Gotcha. And I have my puppies that are banging at the door. So I'm going to go with the Nick Hornby combo. Oh. About a Boy and High
1: Fidelity. Nice. Have you read the books at all? Um, I haven't read. I think I read About a Boy, and I've seen the movie, and I've seen the movie for High Fidelity.
0: Yeah, so the book, I I kind of found the book a little bit forgettable. Okay. So I remember the book was cute and it had its own charm, but I'm a lot more attached to the movie. Yeah. I went through this huge phase in my 20s where I was a total music snob, uh, and, and I felt like High Fidelity completely spoke to my music snobbery, Yeah, and I think it helped to make me even more insufferable, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, you know what's embarrassing? Is I'm super out of it when it comes to music now.
1: Because music is shit now. Um,
0: I don't want to fall down that particular rabbit hole, because then it's like, oh my god, I'm old now.
1: Music is shit. <laughs>
0: I've just been getting more into podcasting for my listening rather than music. So I'm trying to listen to things a little more recently.
1: Uh, Margot Price, I'm getting into it. I like her.
0: Margot Price?
1: Yeah, and she's contemporary.
0: Okay, I'm going to have to YouTube her or something. I mean, I like Bruno Mars. I mean, who doesn't like Bruno Mars?
1: Yeah, those fun songs you hear at weddings. Yeah, oh
0: my God. Speaking of fun songs, Lizzo's Juice. Have you listened to that one? No. Holy shit, she is wonderful. This is Lizzo? Yeah.
1: Oh my gosh, yeah. I have heard her. Yeah.
0: So I fell down the Lizzo rabbit hole. Gosh. Gotcha. And I do like Janelle Monae. She does yeah. some good music. So I've been... Oh my God, the older I get... I mean, I used to be all about... In... When I was young and insufferable. Oh my God, pop music's stupid. I don't like trendy stuff. And oh, it's so mainstream and mundane. But, but now the older I'm getting, it's like the more I'm into this, like, balls-to-the-wall, peppy-ass pop
1: music. Mm. <laughs> I love pop music. I know. Sorry, I was trying to look up the song for Lizzo to see.
0: That's okay, but I just hope it doesn't accidentally play because I'll have to cut it out so we don't get...
1: <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> we'll yeah, don't get demonetized. That's one. what I was trying to make sure I'd... Um...
0: Oh, yeah, but... God, that song is hella infectious. God, what else have I been into lately? Oh, my God, a Cupcake. She's She's like a dirty rapper. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Cupcake with two Ks. Okay, so she writes a lot of dirty rap songs, but also she... She writes some really good, really good anthems too. She's very pro LGBT. Okay. And so there's a song she has called LGBT, which is hella fun. And then also one called Crayons. Gotcha. And that one's a fun one too. Then, of course, there's her Dirty Raps. She's a kick. I love her. I wish I could flow like that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I don't have anything else on my list.
0: You don't have anything else on your list? Do you have another one? Uh, yeah. I- I was gonna start talking about the Nick Hornby books, but then I got off on the music then we then we tangent. started talking about Lizzo. <laughs> but um, do I have anything of substance to say? I just remember the book heavily about a boy. I should yeah. say the book heavily revolved around Nirvana and Kurt Cobain. Yeah, because um, his death was one of the major plot points in there. Because that helped to bring oh god, what was the kid's name? Him and his um, the girlfriend. Yeah. Kind of help bring them together. And they they took that stuff out of the movie. Because I guess they didn't want to make it too dated or anything. Yeah. But then, of course, he's listening to Mr. Cal. Shake that ass. <laughs> watch yourself. And
1: Can you believe Nicholas Holt was so young in that I film? I know. And he's
0: following Ellie. That was her name. Oh. And she's like, oh, what are you saying? And he's like, oh, it's Mr. Cal. It's a rap. <laughs> <laughs> I did like the book I even though Hugh Grant can be kind of gross <laughs> he's still, he has
1: his moments he's still charming yeah he's
0: still charming and I don't think he's at the point where he's completely canceled because he's it's not he hasn't done anything without
1: consent yeah he has not done anything so, without consent he's fine
0: so he's not our standards have lowered
1: yeah, I know Am I, right, right?
0: <laughs> <sighs> but I did find him charming in that and of course Tony Colette is gold and everything absolutely and we've got a lot of material
1: we do I was just looking at the timer and I'm like whoa yeah well we haven't seen each other in a while so well in human time
0: in human time
1: yeah that's right in podcast time it was just yesterday
0: (laughs) exactly and social media time hello hello I liked your thing okay and I liked your thing okay (laughs) we like each other okay I think that's that is a wrap
1: That is a wrap.
0: I had a lot more material than I thought I would, so (laughs) I'm quite proud of myself. Yay. And
1: I have...
0: I'm horrible at endings. Same here. We're always horrible at endings, and that's okay. Yeah. I'm Carly Knight.
1: Godfather 3 was great. I'm Sabrina Monet.
0: There is no Godfather 3. This has been Procrastination Planet. Thank you. Bye. And Sunny Corleone's mixtapes coming out next week. (laughs) <laughs> Procrastination Planet has been written and produced by me, Carly Knight and my partner in crime, Sabrina Monet. Our logo was designed by Sea Trojan of Sea Trojan Art. For more of his work go to ctrojanart.com. Our theme music is Laser Unicorns by Christian Penn courtesy of Jamendo Licensing Visit us at ProcrastinationPlanet.com Follow us on Twitter at Procrast Planet. Follow us on Instagram at Procrastination Planet Podcast. If you like us, tell your friends and spread the word. If you hate us, lie and tell your friends how much you like us anyway. We could use the publicity.